You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the director for Pieces of a Woman, Cornell Mondrusco. I wanted to stay at home. She sounds really good. I wanted the baby to decide when she wanted to come. My daughter came into this world. For the time that she did. And I can't bring her back. So, um, Cornell, I mean, I, uh, I actually recently did an article on the best long takes of this year. There were a lot, but it's hard to think of anything in the realm of long takes this year that is, is just wildly impressive is what you start the film with. So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you decided to kind of open with this 22 minute long take or however long it is and uh, the process of making that scene yeah. come to life. Sure, thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, when you have, uh, a, when you read like a 30, 35 page verse and when you are facing such a variety of emotion and so amazing view on a female longing and love to the, to the newborn, that, is, uh, that was impressive. So I felt shocked that as a filmmaker, how can, I, how can I do this? And of course, there are no references for a, for a birth like that because birth itself is not really for screen, right? So it's, uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is something which is very difficult to create, mostly create badly or artsy or whatever, but it cannot be significant part of a movie. So, so, but you know, when you read it, it was no other reason just to jump into it. So basically our idea was like, and, 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 and to be honest, as a father of three, I also experienced a little bit like that, uh, that how you can lose control somehow when a birth starting and how you can creating this kind of crazy amount of emotions and be as close to, to, to Martha as on the page. And uh, we end up with the long take, but the, I think we use the long take kind of differently than you normally use or what is the tradition for that? Because yeah. you usually use somehow for real time. Yes. So this is somehow connect long take connected to real time. So, but we basically do the, we expanded the film time for, I don't know, 24 minutes, but we compress into that expanded film time. We compress like 16, 18, whatever, how many hours of emotion and story somehow, right. the co a complete labor. And that makes a little bit feels like also unreal and real or essence, but it's really, I love it because it's poetic and memory-like, which I really yeah. felt that how we, 
how we remember it's a bit like the same system you know like like you don't remember three hours you you just remember the essence somehow so that 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 was it and when we are facing as a filmmaking process that how we can creating this kind of feeling that we really don't find till long what's the best tool to use because if we use uh, a handheld we really felt someone's shoulder and it was very personal or too personal mm -hmm. but if he has a pv and distant and you know frozen and still camera then we felt oh wow it's cold and manipulative and artsy and uh, you know we just don't want to go there right uh as as especially we really want to go against the intellectual level so we really want to create something as an experience so we end up with a tool called Gimbal, which is usually not using for um, uh, feature films, more like for sport or, uh, I don't know, music videos. But at the end, we felt a, 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 a quite, a, quite a fluid, spiritual, poetic option in it. And then when these two entities come together, the fluidity of a Gimbal or the spirituality of a Gimbal and a long take with, uh, I don't know, a tremendous amount of layers and chapters inside that, then, then I, I started to feel myself comfortable. So the ultimate long take we saw in the film, um, this was actually one take, because I know a lot of times they're stitched together. There's no cheating here. You actually just, you know, you had the gimbal, you blocked it out, you followed everyone, and it was truly just a genuine one taker. Yeah, that is so incredible. Um, how many, uh, tell me a little bit about rehearsing that, blocking that out. Uh, how many takes did it take to get right? Uh, we, we did it six times altogether, four on the first day of shooting and two on the second day. And we use uh, the fourth one, uh, means the last one from the first day. Okay. And, uh, you know, rehearsing, it was like more talking and, and discovering what, what could be happened. We're blocking very carefully. The lighting 360, I mean, we lighting 360 all way long in the movie. But, but, but anyway, it was kind of important. We go for day for, uh, night for day. And, um, and also we... Uh, you know, we, we went through with the experts, but we re never really rehearsed because I find it if we're really rehearsing, then the spirit is gone. And, 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 and it's really very difficult as well, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like, like go there emotionally. So we, we, I felt it's better as just doing, as my action scenes in my previous movies, for example, in White God, like, you know, when you do, uh, the, the dog running with 200 dogs, then it's, mm -hmm. it's more like planning and planning and planning and planning. But, and then they two times run, you know, but you don't have more, <laughs> you know, things like that. So here it was, even if it sounds crazy, but it was a little bit that case. So we planning and planning and planning almost like four or five days, but, uh, but, but on the shooting day was the first day when everybody play and doing it. And, uh, and, and, and that was miraculous. And then the whole team, uh, our amazing cast and, 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 and our great DP, Benjamin Loeb, and, 
and the whole entire crew was like, wow, this, 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 this will be very, will be very proud in our entire life. Well, you mentioned obviously your incredible cast. So how did you settle on Vanessa Kirby? Because she's extraordinary. And, you know, we've seen her in The Crown, we've seen her in Mission Impossible, but this really, this film's really kind of made her a name. So how did you go choose to cast her and find her? Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) I saw the crown. I'm a fan of the crown, and I was a fan of uh, uh, Princess Margaret. Then, when the producers told me that Vanessa Kirby is interested to do something dramatic, I, I was very suspicious, to be honest, <laughs> because I was like, "Oh yeah, Princess Margaret, so far, uh, and you know, she's great in the in the action movies, but you know, I mean, that's even way more further from from Martha." Right. So, but I was like, you know, because it was not easy to find anyone to play this role, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it, it, this role needs a brave, I mean, a fearless attitude, mm-hmm. a super brave uh, actress who, who, who understand and want to go as deep into the role as this role needs to, uh, to go. So she read the script and she, was, she, she, she loved it and she flew to Budapest uh, uh in 24 hours so we sat down and we we talked she expressed how much she loved it but what was really important for me as uh, you know my my strategy was kind of creating silence as well not just the discussion because the role itself is connected to isolation Mm -hmm. and 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 a beautiful longing and an amazing love to something which is not on screen the lost one and uh, and she's really standing amazingly uh, for for her silence, and that's 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 that was very impressive. And I find I felt that that that's good. That's that's something which is makes this role. So I choose her after our first meeting, to be honest. And then we have to figure it out the financing, <laughs> yeah. you know, which was not really not that easy at, at back in that time. Maybe today, with this one as a it, it, it could be a little bit different. But that was an amazing, beautiful experience. So there's a couple other interesting names involved here. I saw Scorsese, uh, exec, produced this. Uh, what was his involvement here? 
you know, I mean, he's our executive producer and he's gave uh, his hand and his, uh, his whole life uh, somehow uh, as he's a deep believer of auto cinema. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a, as a person who grew up with his movies and, you know, maybe big birds, but in a way changed my film thinking about filmmaking to watch Taxi Driver or Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Or, or if I may say, you know, you, you can't be the same person after you watch a Scorsese movie. <laughs> that's very true. That, that's exactly happening with me back in time. And, 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 and I was like, uh, it, was, um, it, it was unbelievable. And, you know, and also what was very, very beautiful that he... When he called me first time, he told me that, Cornel, this is more an experience than a movie. And I was like, wow, that's such a beautiful uh, sentence because this movie really wanted to be an experience and, and be emotional. And it's really like just as get it as, as a full variety of emotions as, as, as a first run and watching it. And that was really what was really striking for him. And, and that was very meaningful for me as well to keep, keep the editing uh, going on this way. Yeah, it's, it's a harrowing experience. You're exactly right. You know, one of the things I think that kind of goes under the radar in this film is um, the sound in it. And I, I saw you had gotten Chris Scarabosio from Skywalker to do this. So how did you end up snagging him? And tell me a little bit about kind of you talked a lot about the film's very big on silence, so creating the sound of pieces of a woman. Yeah, Chris is one of one of the best uh, sound designer uh, on the planet. So I mean, it was such a gift to to get him to this project, and exactly uh, true. So when he saw the movie, he said that I want to do it because I I feel myself. That that there is a lots of territory I can create, I can build it up, and uh, and 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 just target it the best mood we 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 have to find. And he gave a lot, and, uh, and you know exactly. I mean, when when you are established a movie on silence, a, a lot, you know, and 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 especially in the snow, which is even more tricky, you know, mm-hmm. because you you don't have horsey. Uh, 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 nature of sound around you and what you can do with it that uh, that was really uh, amazing but what he's creating it in my opinion it's a piece of art it's really especially you know I know I'm more than grateful to to be on a streamer with with this movie but when you are experienced uh, in uh, in a big screen uh, uh, on the Venice Film Festival you felt that Wow, that that you are there, and it's 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 an amazing, beautiful experience as well. So what he gave, it's uh, it's it's beyond. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. Um, you know, one of the other things that I think stood out to everyone in this film is is Ellen Burstyn is incredible in this. So, um, you know, tell me about the big monologue scene because that's one of the showstopper moments in the film. Ellen's big monologue. Yeah. To work with Ellen, it's you know, I mean, that was a long dream, and uh, and even when 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 uh, Cotta Weber wrote the script, she told me that oh, I wanna I wanna get Ellen Burstyn for uh, for Elizabeth because because she's you know she's one hand so warm-hearted, but another hand she's really strong in her truth, and exactly that's what you need there. 
and for that uh, part that was actually it's very it's it's very strange but but true when when we when she started to write the script before that even start the play because it was a play first as a playwright mm-hmm. uh, the first moment what was written is exactly uh, a fight in between a mother and a daughter and for us it was really an important topic that uh, that uh, her truths and her uh, her process about t- trauma is 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 completely uh, different than 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 Vanessa's and this this is this is how they can just like like crash in a way but in the same time as you said this is a showstopper but also because this is exactly the turning point for the healing process because mm-hmm. even they fight but after that they cannot continue in the same way right because right. they started to talk about it even if it's on a cruel and sharp and 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 and, and, uh, and crazy way so so that was uh, that was it, and to work with her, it's a joy. It's a pure joy. She's strong. She's amazing. She's welcoming. She's questioning. She's she's a, from coming from the Stanislavski school, you know, and mm-hmm. and he's really understanding what his author cinema means as she grew up with it, and um, you know, I mean, she, she's really the best. I I I I, I, can't, I I mean, she's a true legend. Uh yeah. Okay. So Cornell, what are you gonna do next? Do you know what you're gonna be working on next? Uh, to be honest, no, and I'm really afraid to say anything because uh, Pieces of a Woman is also, it was kind of unexpected and it was like something which is happening in between the lines. And I learned a lot that you have to keep your personality always. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there are something up in the air, but what's next? Who knows? <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to talk. You know, this this was a beautiful movie and I uh hope it performs well at this year's Oscars. So, uh best of luck and uh stay safe during all this. Yeah, thank you so much and same for you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with the director for Pieces of a Woman, Cornell Mondrusco, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, we really, really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. 
Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.